Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffbauer. I'm coming to you live from my studio here in Alvin, Texas, and um, we're recording this for the Dear Doc podcast. This is a Meet the Expert segment, and today I'm introducing you to a really cool guy. Uh, his name is Paul Edwards, and he works for Cedar Solutions. Now, Paul, do you work for, or do you, uh, are you the CEO, CFO? Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about yourself and how the hell you got involved with doing all this for dentists. So I'm actually a co-founder, so I created the company back in 2006, um, and I act, you know, I work as a CEO here. I'm a manager, just like everybody who's out there listening. We use the term owner-manager a lot uh, when talking to dental practices. Um, I come from a background, uh, I'm, I'm in my late 50s now, Chris, you're, you're headed there, and, uh, and around age 28, 29, I opened my first business, um, and it was a window cleaning business, and I learned my first lesson in HR which was you should probably, when you interview people, make sure that they're excited about cleaning windows because there's nothing else you can do to get someone to clean a window properly. Now, now you weren't one of those little corner window cleaning things that uses the dirty rag to no, you know, wash no, it off. <laughs> no, I was one step above that. There's some amazing things you can do with squeegees. And, you know, it was an opportunity because I knew I didn't want to work for people anymore. Right. And I had a friend who owned a Merry Maids, you know, that big, that big you know, that franchise. And I'm sitting in his office, probably, I don't know, bothering him. And he was like, look, I've got this window washing gigs that come in and we're not going to do them. Um, and I was like, well, no, I'm really not, don't want to be a window washer. And he said, no, you don't understand. You can make about $75 an hour if you know how to do this. And right. gave me a book and taught me the squeegees and all that stuff. So that was my first real business with a few employees. And, and, uh, and then I'm, I'm, I kind of moved on from there. And eventually I ended up having a live music venue on the East Coast. Oh, um, no so kidding. So yeah. do you, you play guitar or what? No, I don't play guitar, Chris. I play drums because only losers play guitars. Oh, no, come on now. Uh, come on. Hey, the, the, the guitar is a percussion instrument just like the piano is. There's still a lot of animosity because I was always at the back of the room and the girls were always, you know, always looking at the, the guitarist. And at the end of the night, you know, I've worked the hardest and you guys up front were reaping the benefits. So. Well, you won't see me up front. I'm not, I'm not that gifted. I, uh, I think, well, yeah. So, well, you know, you can take your uh, goose to guitar and go sit by a campfire and everybody loves you. I can't unload a drum kit from, you know, people aren't just, let bring me put my like a Bring like a Cajon or a, or a bongo set or something like that, or a gym bay. Yeah, yeah, those are annoying. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, so look, I had the live music venue. I actually had a couple of them. I had an man, artist management company that came out of it. And I had that for 14 years. I ended up with 60 employees. So you're as bad as I am. You're all over the map as to your previous occupations, previous professions. I was. I, I got a lot of experience doing things. And, and you know, I did it the same way the dentists uh, who, who are in your group do it. I learned most of my lessons the hard way. Right. And I spent a lot of time, um, you know, trying to figure things out, trying to figure out not just, you know, you know, what does the law say here, which really, you know, if we're going to be honest, that's not the first thing you think of when you're a problem solver. Right. You're just like, how can I get this problem solved? 
Um, and and I, but it, it, there's a human condition to HR. There's this, this, this human side of it. That's why they call it human resources. And so I, I was always curious and I was looking for mentors and I was seen as the mentor. I was seen as the one who had it figured right. out. And I did not. Did you, did you have a bit of that? Did you have a bit of that imposter syndrome going on? People well, ask, like for this podcast, they've yeah. been asking for two years for me to do a podcast. I'm like, why would you want to listen to me? I'm just this I, guy, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely an imposter syndrome. That definitely a fake it till you make it. Um, you know, confidence is important if you're in, in leadership. Um, so I was always confident in what I was doing, at least on the, on the outside, but on the inside, like I said, I, I was looking to other people to help me solve these recurring issues that kept coming up with my team. And, you know, most of my people were college students. So, you know, right. that's another, that's a whole nother, uh, uh, you know, set of circumstances that you have to deal with. But, you know, I had a lot of long-term employees. Um, in fact, we would have to kind of kick them out of there after they graduated. It's like, okay, you've been here for three years now. You graduated a year ago. It's time for you to go. So, Paul, you, you, you've kind of spun us up as to where you began getting this interest in human resources. And I, I see this, this painting of, of Don Quixote in the background, and okay. I, I can't help but think that there's a little joke here about you tilting with windmills, kind of a quixotic quest to get Dennis on board with doing things the right way. Absolutely, because you can live in a delusional world for a long time because you're in your own little business and, and you're right. – and you're out there and you, you know, you're just, you're just going along and, and there's just so much more that you can do with your teams that you don't realize. I see so many doctors pose questions at Dentaltown and in different places. I see so many doctors posting questions whereby the answer is not a technical answer. It has to do with culture. It has to do with all of these things that if you just knew you would, it would really benefit you. Well, you know, I think a lot of times people don't realize that there are some issues here that have components of culture and components of law. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we have a difficulty separating that. So that kind of brings us full circle to where you are now. And, and now you, you know, you're the co-founder of Cedar and you've got to guys have how many HR lawyers working for you just to make sure that you keep people safe? So we have, um, we have five um, HR-related um, attorneys who are working for us. They're, they also help our members. Some of them are in compliance, and we also have our own judicial watch. We've been around long enough now. We're working in enough areas because we work in all 50 states. We have to even know now the city laws and the county rules that are getting passed all over the place. Yeah. Um, and then I have um, additional experts on the team who are what uh, we would consider master level uh, experts. They have more than 10 or 15 years. They are uh, e former EEOC investigators and, you know, former heads of HR for entire states. You know, we pull those, those are the kind of people that we try to pull in. Now, now, so I was a little embarrassed whenever we first talked. Um, I had spoken to some of your people and I, I spoke to a couple of your lawyers and I was really excited about bringing you guys on as an expert. And, um, I, I talked to you the first time and you told me, well, Chris, HR is really not what we started doing. So talk to me a little bit about how you got into the dental side of business with associate contracts and things like that and how all of that kind of really, it, 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 it overlaps. It, it's all part of one piece, right? It really is part. It all is all part of the, the larger puzzle. Um, we started doing associate agreements. I was working um, with my co-founder, who also happens to be a family member, um, and 
we had this great coach out there. He's still out there, you know, lots of uh, coaching clients. And he told us that he really wanted to start coaching towards expanding and adding associates. And he said, you know, the problem, Paul, is, is that when I do that, I'm, I'm, there's going to need to be agreements and understandings in place. And I just see this as the biggest place for upset, um, you know, when we do these things. So we worked on creating an associate agreement um, for him which has ended up being for everyone. And, and Chris, we've probably done, I don't know, over the course of the years, I, I would say way more than a thousand of them. Um, you know, we work with people who are up to things. They're, you know, a lot of times they're growing and, um, and understanding not just the associate agreement component and how to put that agreement together, but all the things that need to be addressed in it um, is, really important and the big thing here is is because we've done so many Chris we keep learning so every time we talk to a new doctor and his time passes things change and as we are evolving so does the agreement so Chris you, you just you've created a group and it's like what if 20,000 dentists could get in a room together and ask each other a question so I, I add to that what if there was an expert sitting in the middle listening to all the answers and all the input and right. taking that, boiling it down and then putting it into, you know, both coaching for the associate relationship, for finding the associate, for keeping the associate and for the agreement. And so I'm, you can tell, I'm really proud of what we do in that, in the associate. Well, and, and that's one of the reasons that I, I ended up deciding that you guys were the right fit is the fact that you bring so much passion to what you do. You know, I, I'm passionate about what I do, and I like to work with other professionals who, who feel equally strongly about their practice of, you know, law or their practice of HR or, or, or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, really, I really do have a great appreciation for that. So, Paul, tell me a little bit about, um, in what you do, there have got to be some big myths, and things that you hear over and over again. I know you and I have talked a little bit and, you know, sometimes it's regional, sometimes it's super local, mm -hmm. but there are some big myths that are just, they're out there, like non-complete, non-compete agreements. We talked about those earlier. Right. What are some of the big ones you hear and what are the, if you can, if you can, if you can give us a prescriptively correct answer for some of them, I know that's hard, yeah. but can you boil some of that down for us real quick? Well, uh, yeah, sure. So, um, look, Chris, at the leading edge of this is that every single issue that you have with an employee, I can probably tie that issue to some kind of employment law or right. some kind of federal regulation, which is you're absolutely subject to. Um, and many of you are following them uh, by accident. You know, you just mm -hmm. got a good practice. Somebody gave you good guidance. Um, and, and so if we look at some of the myths, one of the myths is... Paul, I'm sorry. I love that. You were accidentally right. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> well, we count on it. As business owners and even in HR, we, 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 uh, we, we are often accidentally right. Uh, so, okay. So, myths, Chris, um, um, that, you can pay, um, that you can pay a hygienist a daily rate of pay, um, often referred to as a per diem, um, right. that is a myth. Um, it, well, you can. It's done, so it's not mythical. It's a, it's actually right. the world. It's not legal. It's not. It's not legal. And the problem, the reason why it's not legal, is because of employee classifications. Right. And so, 
I, I'm not going to go down that route. Let's not, because I actually have a couple of those that have popped up on the group, and I'd like to have the episode. So right. give, give us your next myth. How about, um, let me see here. Oh, gosh, whenever you 1099 someone when they're an employee versus being an independent contractor. The when myth, is, that? The myth is that, uh, hang on, Chris, stop talking. I got to say it. Uh, <laughs> the myth is that um, if you pay an employee less than $600, that it's okay, that the IRS says it's okay to uh, treat them as a 1099 or not to issue any paperwork to them whatsoever. Um, right. Yeah. So, but there's a bigger myth wrapped around that, which is that you have any employees who are independent contractors. And that includes associates doing the work of your practice um, and hygienists as well. None of them can be classified as an independent contractor and have you pass the, uh, the audit that would come along with it. If right, because how many points, I know that there's at least 18 points from my reading, and I'd mm -hmm. wager you know a lot more points of agreement that have to be met for someone that truly classifies an independent contractor? Well, the first one is, is does the person do the work of your business? So that's the first one. And if that's true, then none of the other points matter. So the things about bringing the tools and control and set their own hours, and I could go on and on down that list. Right. There's one for the Department of Labor and one for the IRS. Really, it's the DOL that we're most concerned about. Um, but, but none of those factor in if they're doing the work of your business. So if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you have an endodontist and you don't do, uh, you know, you don't do that, you have a specialist drop in the third Thursday of every month. Um, that is a specialist. Right. And, and that'd be an independent contractor. If you an independent contractor would be absolutely fine. Okay. That's as long as they brought their own tools and they, they met all the other criteria. They wouldn't even have to meet all the other, uh, uh, all the other criteria. Really? Would meet most of it. And most of them would bring a few tools. It's unlikely you're going to have the burrs and the drills and the stuff that right. they, they specifically used. Uh, unlikely you're going to have maybe the, some of the materials, although you probably have the packing material and stuff like that. But nonetheless, um, you know, if we're, if we're looking at, if we're looking at that, they're going to meet those other criteria, but I can tell you right now, they will qualify as a specialist and an independent contractor. And that's, that's it. You know, it's, it's not a problem. No hygienist other than possibly, I'm going to pick one state, Colorado, possibly could operate as an independent uh, contractor and they have uh, a hygienist can operate on their own there. So a hygienist can just pop. I was, I was going to say, I'll argue with you because the Indian nations, I believe they could do that, that as well. They may be able to there and they would not be subject to the FLSA. But they kind of have their own little set of laws anyway, because they they're, they're considered they sovereign within the United States. They, they, they do. Um, but for the most part, uh, I, I'm saying 99.9% and trust me, anybody who's listening, you are not in that other 0. 0.0001%. Um, a hygienist is your employee, no matter how you classify them. Excellent. Okay, so um, let me see here. That's a, a couple of myths that we've knocked down. Um, I know, man, there's lots of great ones uh, so far as the number of employees you get. Can, oh, I know one. I know one. I, I told you about this. Do you remember the horse in the operatory? The what? The, what the horse in the operatory. American with Disabilities Act, yep. and what all you have to do to be 
in compliance. There was kind of a fallacious argument that was going on a while back because right. this patient wanted to bring a, um, and I know you guys specialize in employee law. Now, do you remember what I was talking about? The horse in the operatory. Yes. Talk to us a little bit about that. And, and unfortunately, they can bring their service animal, if it's a horse, in your operatory. Is that correct? There's nothing you can do. I think that I think that that's correct. I again, I don't do the patient side of stuff. Right. We don't do the patient side. So of stuff. So if it was an employee and they had a they had a service animal horse, yes, they can't do that. Okay, good, good. So we have yeah. some protection. That's great. No, the ADA does not have an exception for service uh, for for uh, emotional support animals, um, and that's what that is. That's an emotional support animal. What if it was a seeing eye horse? Um, if it was a seeing eye horse, we'd have a different story there, actually. But we actually would have to look at that. Now, remember, accommodation for, um, you know, accommodation for... Um, reasonable accommodation, right? A reasonable accommodation for um, an employee probably doesn't include an animal which would poop uh, in an operatory. And so we, would, we could make that argument. We um, could <laughs> make that argument. I, Chris, I, I, knew, I had to push you down that road, man. I had to push you down, down the road. road. But let's, let's do take one moment on, on the American uh, with Disabilities Act. Absolutely. The ADA is a place where you can get tripped up very quickly. Um, and it only applies federally if you have 15 or more employees. But many states lower these types of regulations and could say if you have any employees, you're covered. Oh, I've heard five. I've heard five. Or five, or nine. I mean, they, they, they make the rule up state to state. Um, and so it, these rules are important for you to be aware of. And unfortunately, <coughs> excuse me, um, unfortunately, it kind of takes an HR expert to walk you through it because you're not going to mm -hmm. run up against it often enough to kind of build your own practice and pattern and understanding of it like you like you do with dentistry every day something comes up it may only come up four or five times a year but it does come right. up you you have some experience with it and you follow it and and, and you know update your knowledge on it. I, I honestly i have some patient side issues i'd love for you guys to be able to tackle and if you feel comfortable with them we'll talk about it off air okay. if you feel comfortable with them you guys can kind of weigh your opinion on it and okay. everyone here knows that whenever you're going to weigh your opinion this is not legal advice because obviously you can't, you can't go down that road. No, we're not trying to give any legal advice out, just guidance. So fantastic guys. Uh, I hope that you really enjoyed this segment and getting to meet Paul. I know I really got, I really got a kick out of getting to meet him. He's got a great sense of humor and um, man, he's got a whole lot of knowledge about human resources and, you know, contract law whenever it comes to associates and just, you know, how to make your practice run right. So if you guys are interested in having Cedar Associates into your office, you can contact them. I'll have all that contact info down below. But Paul is not here to advertise his business. He's just here to help you guys. So, Paul, I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for the time you've given to us. And uh, I hope that they found some real value out of this. Oh, Chris, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me in. I, I really appreciate it. Anytime. All right, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next segment. Thank you for wasting another perfectly good half hour listening to my voice. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.